The minute that you decide to stop moving, you speed and accelerate death. So keep moving. And now for Slipping Into Darkness, Part 4, Physical Health and Leisure. Amen. 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 And Amen. Bow your heads. Dear Heavenly Father, we just are overflowing with thankfulness for all that you have done, for all that you have granted us, for all that you have kept us from, your protection, your provision, your guidance. Father, I just thank you. I pray today that you take control of my mind, my spirit, Even every breath that I breathe, every thought that I think, every heartbeat be of you and from you. I pray you open the hearts and minds of the people that they shall receive upon this day that which you shall have them to hear. In thy son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Welcome to Brothers of the Word, because, brother, you need the Word. And as you know, I am in the midst of a series simply called Slipping into Darkness, how we slide from God's plan to the world's plan. And I am dealing with the seven most important areas in life according to Google, not God. And when I Google the seven most important areas in life, the areas that give people the most concern, number one was social and family relationships, and that message was entitled Coach versus Companion. Some relationships need to remain at a distance. And you coach, and a few relationships are companion. Number two was career and educational aspirations, and that dealt with continual learning, that we need to constantly keep learning. Number three was financial security, which included career. And today is number four of the concerns of people according to Google. And number four Physical health and leisure. Physical health and leisure. They ask a 100-year-old man and his 98-year-old wife for their health secrets. And the old man said, well, I'll tell you. My secret is that I've been married for 75 years. And I promised my wife when we got married that whenever we had an argument, the loser was to walk five miles. So I've been walking five miles every day for the last 75 years. And everybody applauded. But then they said, well, wait a minute. Your wife is just as healthy and just as vibrant as you are. What is her secret? And the old man answered, well, for 75 years, every single day, she has been following me to make sure I walk the whole five miles. 
And today God just spoke to me to tell you three things about health and leisure. This is a verse that all of us know, we've heard many times, Psalms 90.10. And it simply says, the days of our years are three score years and ten. And if by reason of strength they be four score years, yet is their strength labor and sorrow, for it is soon cut off and we fly away. I want to read that in the NIV version. Our days may come to 70 years or 80 if our strength endures, yet the best of them are but trouble and sorrow, for they quickly pass and we fly away. Number one, God says to tell me this, I designed these bodies for 70 to 80 years. For 70 to 80 years. The verse that simply says, for God knows the very numbers of the hairs of our heads, that every hair of our head is numbered. I have a different understanding of that now. I used to think that meant that if the average head of hair had 100,000 strands of hair, that each strand had a unique number. I don't view it that way anymore because now I understand DNA and genetics. You can be identified from a strand of hair That's all you need. Not only can you be identified from a strand of hair, you can be identified from just your spit. That if you spit on the ground, your spit can be identified of all of the seven billion folk on earth. Your spit is unique. Your stuff is unique. Your hair is unique. From one strand of hair, science today can tell you who you are. And they do this by examining the DNA sequence. The average human has about 100 million pairs of what's called nucleotide sequences. It's a long number. And every strand of hair on your head has that number that uniquely identifies you. So now when I read that verse that every strand of hair on your head is numbered, I have a whole different understanding Because now my science level is at a different level, and it's absolutely accurate. But it's not like I thought before. God knew DNA because he made it. So he knew I got a number for you, and not only is your hair the same number, every cell in your body is the exact same number. And when you understand genetics and DNA, God put a switch that cuts off life right around 70 to 80 years old. Now, it's on what scientifically called a bell curve. A bell curve is a standard statistical distribution of stuff, and it applies to anything. For example, height. If you take the range of just two feet, from four and a half feet to six and a half feet, 99% of folk are going to fit in the height from four and a half to six and a half. You're going to have 1% of the people below 4.5, and you're going to have 1% of the people above 6.5. But 99% of the folk are going to be between 4.5 feet tall and 6.5 feet tall. So that looks like, if you put that on a graph, it looks like a bell. It'll be very few folk out here on the midget end. Then you got a whole lot of folk and get 4, 5, 5.8, and then you come down, and you get to 7 feet, very few folk out on that end. So it's a bell curve. The same thing is true with age. Most people, 
when you look at age plotted on a graph, when you start out at people who die very young, it's a small number, you start getting to 40s, 50, and it peaks right around that big 70 to 80, and then you, by the time you get 85, it's very few folk make it to 90, and very, very few make it to 100, and very, 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 very few make it to over 100. So you have the same standard deviation statistical distribution with statistical age as you do everything. I even checked to see, well, how long do doctors live? How long do doctors live? 20 years ago, the average doctor lived to 73, right smack. They got all the medical knowledge, right smack in the middle. Now, the average doctor lives to 80.2 years old. So they've gone up seven years. So they've done better, but they still haven't been able to cut their switch off. God has built in, and he designed it. Don't you know God could have put the switch way different if he'd have wanted to? As a matter of fact, he had to switch different. The switch started off where there was no switch. We started off in the Garden of Eden with eternal life. We would not die. And God says you can eat of the tree of life or the tree of knowledge. The choice is yours. You will never die. Man made the wrong choice. And he made the wrong choice. And as a result, we got booted out of the Garden of Eden. And then God put the switch at a thousand years. Methuselah was the oldest man of the Bible. He lived to 969 years. That's the longest recorded ever. He lived 969. He didn't make it to 1,000. He didn't make it to a day in the life of God. He put a switch. Then at 1,000 or slightly before 1,000, the switch cut off. After the flood, he changed the switch again. He changed it from 1,000 to 120. And if you read in the Bible, you see there, right in Genesis 6, 3, Then the Lord said, My spirit will not contend with humans forever, for they are mortal. Their days will be a hundred and twenty years. And we make it to a hundred and twenty now. That's a record. But New Testament, he changed the switch again. And that's not New Testament. That was actually Psalms. Psalms is roughly, David wrote that. That's roughly about a thousand now it's called BCE, which means before common era. They're trying to take Christ out of everything. See, it used to be BC, which was before Christ, and AD, Amino Domini. Well, now they're talking about before common era, and CE is common era. Christ was the one who split the timeline. They're trying to take Jesus out of everything. And the young people now will never know BC meant before Christ. They will never know because slowly they're trying to erode Jesus out of everything. But David roughly lived about a thousand years before Christ. So this verse in Psalms about 70 to 80 years is basically about 3,000 years old. That switch has been there for a long time. And God put it there. So when we get up to a certain age, don't be fussing about the fact that most folk are going to transition between 70 and 80. You're going to have a few people who really are blessed and great, and they're going to make it to 90. But very few folk are going to see that 100. The vast majority are going to be right between that 70 and by reason of strength. If you make it to 80, but I want to explain some things dealing because first of all, we can't change the DNA. And even with many of you have heard me say, God has told me I'm going to live to 116. I'll talk about it, but that's like that seven foot tall man. 
not only is it like the seven foot tall man, it's almost like an 11 foot tall man. That's way, way, way outside of the normal distribution curve of age. But God put these switches there for a reason. And even the book that I'm reading right now called The Outlive, it's another one of the books that deals with longevity. But basically, back in the 1900s, the average lifespan was really in the late 40s. But he went back and pulled out all of the deaths that were due to the many infectious diseases. When he pulled all those deaths out, the rate is the same as it is today, right between 70 and 80. That switch has been there for a long time. We went to a convention recently. It's a health convention called the National Health Association. I went, Ringo went, my son George went, and I had another college friend of mine who went with us. And this is a health convention that my father took me to when I was 17 years old. They are what's called whole food, plant-based, and they have some of the strictest dietary rules of anyone I've ever seen. These people just eat super clean. They eat no salt, no oil, no sugar, or at least they're supposed to. That's more accurate. So they're supposed to not eat any salt, any oil, or any sugar, and they're supposed to be whole food, plant-based. And they had all of the founders and the history and the doctors and the ones who had passed on. And I looked and I said, now how old were these folks? These are the strictest dietary folk. And they've got the whole realm of dietary and exercise. I said, how old did they make it? Not one of them made it out of the 80s. They couldn't get past that. These are the strictest living folk I've ever seen on the planet. I mean, when we got some dessert... We got the dessert. They had some mango cookies, and George bit into the mango cookies. I've been into the mango cookies. We said, ain't no sugar in these things. <laughs> these things taste more like a biscuit. So they're living as clean as anyone I've ever seen. And none of the doctors, none of the teachers made it out of the 80s. The oldest one I saw was 89, but the youngest one passed in his early 60s. They couldn't get past God's switch. So I want you to, first of all, understand God's switch. Now, for those of you who are on up there and they oh, Lord, yeah, I need to see how I'm about to get out. No, I'm not saying that because you may be on that upper end because if you've already made it to a certain age, you have a much greater probability of making it much further. So you have to understand even that statistic. If you made it to 75, you got a high probability of making it to 85, especially if you're in good shape at 75. So don't get worried because I'm talking about, you know, Lord, the switch getting ready to cut off. I'm going to die tomorrow. No, 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 no. No, that's not what I'm talking about. But when God says he made it to cut off at 70 or 80, as I was out of town recently and I was walking and I was just thinking, and I said, to be honest, 70 is all I need. I've done everything I want to do. My youngest son, George, was with me, and George is sort of a, it's an anomaly for a man to have a son at 50. So I'm 50 years older than my youngest son. And my youngest son is ultra, ultra mature. So I said, all of my kids are mature, they're grown, I've gone all over the world, I've done everything I wanted to do, I've built multi-million dollar business, I've done all this stuff. 
So if I die tomorrow, and especially I got another two and a half years to go, by the time I make it to 70, I'm going to be done a whole lot more stuff. I said, to be honest, there's not a lot left this world has to offer that really excites me. Now, I love living. I enjoy life. I don't know anyone who enjoys life more than I do. But I have an understanding that God, with his 70 to 80 switch, gave us enough. He put the switch there. He could have easily made it 120, 150, 200, 250, 500, 1,000 forever. He put the switch there. But I want you to understand this. He put the switch on these bodies, but he did not put the switch on life. He gave you a switch. And that switch is who they are trying to cut out of the years. Because they don't want you to know about eternal life. So they take it out of the B.C. and the A.D. And they put before common era and common era. Ain't nothing common about Jesus. So even though he put a switch on these physical bodies, he's telling us, I'll give you an eternal body that'll never decay. That'll never ache. That'll never rot. So you have to understand it. So it's when we begin to understand something, it makes a huge difference. And I believe one of the reasons he's impacted upon my spirit about living this long time, because I got stuff to do. I'm not going to be placed here to watch TV. I got stuff to do. And that's why he said, look, this is what you got to do. You got to do more. more. You got to do this. You're going to have all. I got stuff to do. Now, you're only going to work Sunday, Monday and Tuesday, but you got a lot of stuff to do. And you're going to work like mad those three days a week. So God has placed a lot for me to do. George and I, we went to the movies actually yesterday when we were out of town and we went to see Indiana Jones. Now, Indiana Jones, you know, it's Harrison Ford. He's played the lead character in all of the Indiana Jones movies. And this was one of the better Indiana Jones movies. Just had action from start to finish. But the thing about it is this. Harrison Ford is 80. He's 80 years old. And the beginning of the movie, he's standing there in his house and he takes his shirt off. And I said, this man is 80. He takes his shirt off and he's in really good. Now, I don't know whether they made him up or not because Hollywood is good with that kind of stuff. So I don't know whether they made him up or not, but it didn't look like makeup. But then that's where a good makeup job looks. It don't look like makeup. But from the looks of him, I could tell this man has been taking care of his body. And that movie had more action than almost any movie I've seen lately. And it was a star, was an 80-year-old man. Just because you got some age on you does not mean you ain't still a star. Do you understand that? So I'm sitting here looking at this man at 80 years old with the top grossing box office movie in the theater and they had, George and I, we could choose from any showing you want because they had about 20 showings of that thing at the theater. So he had the number one movie in the theaters and this man is 80 years old. What's your excuse? So even though the switch may be at 80 and see, that still doesn't mean you have to be in the middle of the crowd. I've never liked to be in the average crowd. That had nothing to do with, I don't want average of anything. 70 to 80 is the average. That does not mean it has to be you. 
But if it's not going to be you, you got to do other stuff that the average folk not doing. Simple as that. But there's nothing wrong with the 70 to 80. My point that I'm trying to make is simply this. That's enough time. That's enough time to do everything God has placed you in the earth to do. Unless it's something else beyond that. But generally, that's enough time. And see, now Harrison Ford, he's also married to, I don't remember her name, but she used to play the character Allie McBeal. Now Harrison Ford is 80, Allie 58. So she's 22 years younger. Than, that will help keep you young. Because he got, yeah, I'm, that's, just, that's just the truth about it. So who you attach yourself to, kind of, if you attach yourself to somebody, you know, if you, by the time you watch that, by, you know, every day you got to watch this, it's going to drag you down. Because you look at somebody and they left knee hurting and, mom, and, and your, they left knee wobbling. By the time you watch that three or four weeks, so my knee feeling funny, it just it rubs off. So he, he is attached to something that's young and vibrant, and she looks good. So that's why that second principle about that coach versus companion, who you attach yourself to will determine how you move even into your older years. It just will. So the point, I want you to play. This is the Coach Bronner that actually was in the Mountain Wings email this morning. I don't you don't have a bucket this year. I forgot all about your bucket. That video today was just entitled, Keep Moving. And the minute that you decide to stop moving, you speed and accelerate death. So keep moving. And second part, number one, God says, I put the switch of 70 to 80. So this is a God thing. You go to a funeral and somebody doesn't live between seven and eight, don't grieve about that. God's God switch. He put the switch there. Second thing he says is this. He said, God says, even I need to rest. God created the earth in six days, and then he what? He rested. So if God had to rest, now, now the older you get, the more wear and tear this body has, the more maintenance you have to put on it, and the more leisure time you're going to need. That's why God has me now. He said, once you start drawing your full Social Security, you shall go to three days a week working, and you shall take every January and every July off. Right now, Pastor James and I, I'm getting ready to, as soon as church is over, I'm headed to the airport right now. Minister Stephanie is driving us to, I'm going to the Philippines. I sure am. I'm going to be in the Philippines for a whole month. Now y'all can, y'all can say, my pastor, what in the world kind of, I don't give a hoot what you think. I'm going, I'm going to follow what, and actually I even asked God, where do I go? He said, I want you to go to the Philippines. And he said, I want you to go to the third largest city in the Philippines. I don't even know what that is. It's Davio City. I never even heard of it. Then he told me about a couple of weeks ago, I don't want you to buy any bottled water. I want you to drink the tap water. I said, you want me to drink tap water in the Philippines? I don't know about that. So I had to Google it. You know, the water quality in Davio City. Davio City, Philippines, has the cleanest water on the face of the earth. And I read that. I said, what in there? Oh, you know. You just know stuff. Do y'all know that? God just knows stuff. He knows stuff. So when you follow God's leading, 
Sometimes he will take you through a wilderness. Sometimes he will take you up on a mountain. Sometimes he will slam you down into the earth. Sometimes God will take you to places of pain and discomfort, but it is always for your good. So God says, even I had to rest. So particularly as we get older, rest becomes increasingly important. Now, I told you when we went to that NHA convention, none of the doctors, none of the teachers made it out of the 80s. But there is one group that does have a longer lifespan than any other group. And that group is the seven-day Adventist. And the seven-day Adventist, they have a cleaner diet than normal. But when you look at vegetarians and vegans, they don't have a longer lifespan. When you look at all the studies and all of the statistics, only the seven-day Adventists. But the things that the seven-day Adventists do, they are very strict about getting that one day of rest. The average seven-day Adventist man lives 7.3 years longer than a non-seven-day Adventist man. The average woman lives 4.4 years longer. So just by resting one day a week, they get an extra seven or an extra four years. Some of you all have got to learn how to just have leisure, how to let the stress, because stress will kill you. It absolutely will kill you. And one of the main things you need to do, turn your phone off. Turn your phone off. I've gone on some trips, and I just said, look, man, your phone, you just got to cut that phone. It's ringing every five minutes. You might as well stay where you are because you're messing my vibe up on the phone all day long. And see, sometimes we can't even rest in a restful place. You've got to learn how to have leisure. God says even I had to rest. And if we are his children, if we are his creations, what about us? So I'm a type A driven leadership, get it done personality. I really am. I get stuff done. I have to fight to slow down and stop and just spend time with God and spend time relaxing without worrying about Stuff and business and all that. He said, I give you three days to work. The mother four, stay away from it. Do you know that's hard for me not to work? Now, see, some folk had the opposite problem. It's hard for them to work. But it's hard for me to get away and to stop. But, But as you get older, it makes a big difference because stress will just kill you. And you've got to learn how to just relax, just relax. As George and I were coming the shuttle, we had a real unusual shuttle driver, but I see the orchestrations of God with everything. And he was just telling me, you know, he went to school in Florida, and I was thinking to myself, why you, you go to college and you driving the shuttle bus? It didn't make sense to me. But, and George said, well, he had one of his math teachers in high school who was a multi-millionaire businessman. He was a teacher because he just loved to teach. I said, well, he just made love to drive shuttles. You never know why. But he was telling me all about his travels. And he was saying, you need to go to Thailand. I said, well, I've never been to Thailand. I didn't even quite have that on my list. But he said, yeah, you need to go. He was raving about Thailand. So I, and he was telling me how expensive the flights were. So I looked up and found on the website, I can get there and have seven days. It was like $1,300, $1,400. I showed him that. See that? He said, man, that's seven days, at least 29 days. 
And I said, how would this man out of nowhere say that I needed at least 29? I put that on my list, but one of my January or Julys. Sometimes God will drop a gem in you, but that's going to change my whole travel for wherever I'm going to Thailand, and I'm going to stay a minimum of 29 days. What have you done doing nothing lately? Not what have you done lately. What have you done doing nothing lately? Where you just enjoy yourself, you're not stressed out. I remember in Will Smith's book, Will, he went somewhere that someone had recommended because he was going through all this stuff and they were, they were just out in the water. And Will said, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And the man said, we're doing it. But you're just laying in the water. We're doing it. What are we going to do? See, some of y'all are like, what are we going to do? Sometimes you got to learn how to just relax. Just relax and enjoy nature. Enjoy what God has made. Let yourself calm down. Get you some sleep. Get you some rest. Sometimes some people, they cannot hold their hands steady like this because they are so hyped up and wired up, it just shakes. It's not Parkinson's. It just shakes. They can't hold a glass of water without being ripples on the top because it just shakes. And sometimes some don't do it now because I don't want anybody to see anything. But, but to be able to just hold your hand straight without it shaking because you're so stressed and so tense about so much. Some of you ladies, when you're going on but turn your phone off from your children. Your children are going to survive. They're not going to go. Turn your phone off from your children. And just have yourself some leisure. I remember my old pastor, Reverend Borders. He used to say, lady would come up to him and say, Pastor Borders, you really, Reverend Borders, you need to take you some rest. You really need to rest because you've been working. These folk been running you. You need to go and take you some rest. And by the way, can you run me across town? <laughs> folk will drain you and use you up and worry you. Turn your phone off, go away, relax. The world is not going to stop or collapse because you cut your phone off. So we learn some things and just leisure, leisure. And the third thing God told me to tell you is this. This life is but a shadow. This life, that's why the 70 to 80 years don't matter because this is not the main thing. This is not the real thing. We get our minds all hung up that this is it. This is not it. This is nothing but a prelude to what's coming. This, this, this life, James 4.14 says this. Why? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while, then vanishes. This is not it. And that's why God put that switch at 70 or 80 for the vast majority of people. Because this is not it. But you've got to understand and prepare yourself for the trip. Prepare yourself for the glory that is coming, that will be. And make sure you're going. That's why even that. I understand what the disciples meant. When they said we would rather go on now, but for the sake of you, we stay. I would rather go on and be in glory with Jesus, but for your sake I stay. To be honest, 
I believe I've got a treasure on the other side that is beyond my imagination. And that's why that verse in Psalms said, in this life, now this was the king saying this. This wasn't a commoner. This wasn't somebody, this wasn't one of his servants. This was the king saying this. For this life is full of trouble and sorrow. The king said that. This life, he got everything. The king got, you know, gourmet food. You don't have to cook. He got made, the king, I don't know how many David had. Solomon had a thousand women, but David had at least a hundred. So this man got a thousand, at least a hundred women, got servants all around him, got all of the fine food, and he said his life is full of trouble and sorrow. This is not it. It's only a prelude to where we are going and to what we have in store for us. So we need to make sure we have got our affairs in order right now. Now, I want you to have the best, the most joyous, the most fulfilled time you can have here. But I am under no illusion. This is not it. And that's why I'm not, to be honest, I'm not overly particular by living to 116. I'm really not. It's the same way I'm not overly particular about all the prophetic about me having a billion dollars and having a billion dollar company. I don't need a billion dollar company. I just don't. I got all the money I need. I just do. There's nothing else I want to buy. And I have done everything I want to do in life. We went to see my mother-in-law yesterday or day before yesterday. And while we were there, she says, you know, this thing with this submersible that blew up. She said, I was telling people that's the kind of thing my son-in-law would do. And I told her, it's not the kind of thing I would do. It's the kind of thing I've done. I've been under deep submersible. So it ain't something I would do. I've been down there. I've been to the deepest part. I done jumped out of plane at 18,000 feet. I have experienced most of it. And I was talking with George about it. I said, George, the only thing your dad ain't done, I have never gotten high. <laughs> I have never gotten high. I said, Daddy has always been focusing on trying to get his mind sharper. I am not going to do anything going to have me all fuzzed up where I can't think what's a quarter. I said, that's the only thing. I have never gotten high. But I've experienced all of this stuff this life has to offer. And after a while, it starts to get routine. And it's just, it's a wonderful life. But this is not it. And when you understand that, and it's not just Christianity, every religion says that. All of those who have become enlightened understand that. This is not it. There is another realm that awaits us. And that's why God put that switch at 70 or 80. And I want you to, we teach healthy. I want you to, I don't want you to necessarily focus on living that long. What I want you to do is to live well. And what happens in America, now there's a, the book we're reading called Outlive, it talks about the lifespan versus the health span. And what happens with most Americans, they'll die in the 70 to 80, but they're sick for 15 to 20 years. So you go through all this sickness and all this pain and Pastor James just went to a funeral, I think on Friday, a long time associate. He's two weeks younger than I am. But he had been battling cancer for the last 15 years. 
So for 15 years, he's going through all of this fear and all of this treatment and all of this nausea and all of this pain and all of this stuff. I want you to live where you live a fully, that's like I'd wear on my shirt. I will live fully and vibrantly up until the last 10 seconds. So that you live fully and vibrantly up until the end. Yeah, you may leave out of here 70, but at 79, you're rolling. So this is the reason for the health. It may extend your life some, but that's just so far you're going. And even if you live to 100, even if you live to 116, and 116, to be honest, is, is I have conversations with the Lord about this. I said, Lord, and Pastor James looked it up recently. He looked up the oldest recorded man ever outside of biblical times. That man was 116, but he was 116 and 54 days. And James asked me, he said, how long has God told me? Well, I, was, I calculated it all. I got it all figured out. I got it on my phone. It's got to count now. It's November 26, 2072. It is 116, 10 months and 26 days. He said, do you realize that's about six months longer than anybody ever recorded on earth? That's a long time. That's a world record of all of history. And I said, Lord, I don't know about that. That's got to strictly be you, because my genetics do not support that at all. At all. That's got to be nothing but God to even take me close to that. But I don't care about that, because I know where I'm going. And I don't fully agree with David on that, that this life is full of trouble and sorrow, because my life ain't, to be honest, my life is not full of trouble and sorrow. I enjoy my life to the fullest. I have had a little trouble and a little sorrow, but for the most part, and see, most of that is still mentality. I got some stuff I can be sorrowful about in trouble. I got plenty of that. It's not what you have, it's what you appreciate. And how you view it, I view life as beautiful. I see the beauty, I don't see the problems. I see it, but I don't let that dominate my spirit. So I really don't relate to David with that life is full of trouble. And yeah, it's got some in there, but life is beautiful. I enjoy it, I enjoy every breath I take. And see... I enjoy it because I appreciate the breath. I appreciate being able to smell, even if you're stinking. I appreciate it. I really do. Because you don't appreciate that until you've had COVID, and then you can't smell for six months. And everything is done. Now, I did catch COVID, but it didn't touch my smell. It didn't touch my taste. I had three hours of symptoms, and after that, everything was gone. So I'm just thankful that I can... I can take a deep breath. I can smell everything. I can taste everything. I can see everything. My vision is not as clear as it used to be, but it's still pretty good. I haven't had on my glasses in months, and I can still read everything on that thing. So life has trouble and sorrow, but it ain't full of it for me. And that's the way I want it to be for you. You got so much to be. I haven't heard a single cough in here. You got so much. The ark is not a handicap accessible sanctuary. If you in here, you walked in here. Because if you're in a wheelchair, you can't get in here. So if you're in here, you walked in here. See, traveling now, you see how many wheelchairs are waiting in the gangway when you get off the plane. More than that I've ever seen, ever. Just be lined up with folk. Got to get in the wheelchair to get through the airport. If you're in the ark, you walked up some steps. 
You're in good shape just to be here. And if you don't appreciate that, because you could be in a lot worse shape. If you don't appreciate that. So life has so much beauty. It really does. Take care of your health. Understand those three things. God put a switch there. These bodies are not designed to last forever. He has a better alternative for us. Number two, even God had to rest. And number three, this life is but a shadow. This is not the real thing. I thank you for joining us today at Brothers of the Word. You can go to brothersoftheword.com and listen to this sermon all over again or send it to a friend absolutely free. May you enjoy a vibrant and fulfilled life. Thank you for joining us today at Brothers of the Word because, brother, you need the Word. I am going to ask Pastor James to close us out for today. Amen. We thank Pastor for that awesome message. And amen. Give him another hand. Give him another hand. So as he said, we are actually leaving out today. So I'm putting this message into practice today. And as he said, so don't call me for the next two weeks. I'm like, <laughs> other than my wife, other than my wife. <laughs> amen. Amen. And part of that, I'm focusing on my health more now. I'm reading the book with them out live. And we have to be very intentional about our health. And you don't have a great health span by accident. So we have to be intentional and pay attention to what our bodies are telling us. So we thank Pastor for this message. And we do have to take time to rest, that even God had to rest. So we sometimes focus and you get praised for going and going and how early you get up and how late you're going to bed and how much work output, but nobody really gives you an honor when you rest. So you have to do that for yourself to preserve your health. So we thank him for this just reminder to rest and to see about our health. It's one of the most important assets we've given in our lives. Amen. And he was talking about even the age lifespan. And it's also interesting that even at 80 is the end of that span. Now, our president is 80 years old, so he's not letting that switch stop him. <laughs> he might forget a little bit sometimes, but he's he not letting it stop him. So he's running the whole country at the end of that range at 80 years old. So we have to be in good shape so that we can keep going. Amen. Well, with heads bowed at this time, there's anybody in this place and you've heard the message today and you realize that this life is just a shadow and you want to make sure that you're prepared for the real thing, the thing that life everlasting that reflects that causes the shadow on the other side if you want to make sure that you've gotten your ticket to go, that in your heart of hearts you know that you believe that Christ is your Savior, Jesus. There's anybody that wants to reconfirm that today, the altar is open and we invite you to come at this time. Amen. Amen. Amen.
Amen. Amen. Amen. So if you all would just bow with me and just repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I come before you right now and I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus is Lord. And I ask your forgiveness for every sin that I've committed by omission or commission. And I thank you for loving me. I thank you for forgiving me. I thank you for sparing me. And I thank you for blessing me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You'll just stretch your hands towards. See, let me just pray over. Lord, we just thank you for these two that have come, oh Lord, for to rededicate their hearts unto you, that have responded to your word, oh Lord. For we're only down here but a few days, oh Lord. But I thank you for the eternal bodies, oh Father, that they'll be granted even by their confession and believing in their hearts today, oh Lord. We thank you for making a way, oh Lord, for us, oh Father. Thank you for paying the price, O oh Lord, the ransom with your own life, O oh Lord, for our sins. And I pray, O oh Lord, that you'll guide them, O oh Lord, that you'll increase them, O oh Father, that you'll let them see more revelation in your word, O oh Lord, that you'll increase purpose in their hearts, O oh Father. Thank you, Lord, for their step forward today, O oh Lord. We pray blessings over their lives. In Jesus' name we pray and declare. Amen, amen. Amen. Well, you may be seated in his presence. Amen. Amen. Good to see you. Amen. Well, you can stand to your feet. I'm going to ask George if he'll come and close us out today. He just came back with Pastor. For rededication. I just saw something over you. As long as you all remain together, nothing will ever be able to take you down. Mm-hmm. For each of you shall be each other's strength. There is a power in togetherness that you all will have magnified beyond the normal. As long as you stay together. And often, sometimes it doesn't even apply the principle applies even beyond romantic couples. Sometimes you get two brothers like James and I. You can have two brothers who are together or two sisters or brother and sister. But there's something special about the two of you standing here. I don't know whether you're married or not. I don't know what. I don't know who you are. But I do know God spoke. There's a power in your togetherness. And as long as you keep that togetherness and the devil will try to split you to destroy you. Don't let it happen. That's the way Satan works. He will not attack your strong point and he cannot defeat you united. He cannot defeat you united. So he will send stuff to break you apart. 
And once he does that, he can destroy each of you individually where he cannot together. I just thank you for this day. I thank you for this moment and bringing everybody here today. For Lord, whenever we live in the moment, life is beautiful. I'm reminded of when my dad had told me that he had lived a full life, that 70 was more than enough for him. And my response was, assuming I could achieve financial freedom young, 30 would be enough for me. Lord, I just pray that we will be where our feet are. For we can get so caught up in our own heads that we forget about the moment. Where there's nothing but complacency that fills our heart. We could be in a nice car. We could have plenty of money in our bank accounts. We could have the most beautiful partner in the world. And yet still complain. And Lord, I just pray whether we are in good health or sickness, whether we're working the hardest job of our lives or have no job at all. I pray that in our leisure, Lord God, and in our exercise, that we shall just be in the moment. And it's not just looking for positivity exclusively, but it is to be reconciled and okay even with the negatives as it's all part of life. Life comes in waves the highs and the lows, the mountain peaks and the valley lows. And I just pray, Lord God, that no matter where we may be in life, that we will be there. <laughs> For it is in our lowest times that when we are present, when we are vigilant, that we make it out. I pray, Lord God, that when we have troubles, that we won't just try and treat the symptoms, but that we'll deal with the root cause. For it's all too common that we have a problem, we have a headache, and we just take a medicine to numb it. We don't go to sleep to get our rest. We don't drink our water. We don't eat the healthy things that we need to. But I pray, Lord God, that we shall go to the root. I pray, Lord God, that we shall break the link and not just try and dull the impact. I pray, Lord God, that we shall aim to live every moment, even when slick, we would rather die. For life is not inherently worth living, it is made so. I just pray, Lord God, that we shall not forget our fortune, but that we shall find it where our feet stand. We thank you for every day that you give us. No matter where on the bell curve we may fall, may the life be made worth living. For your glory everlasting, in the name of Jesus, and by the spirit of truth we pray. Amen. Have a blessed week, everybody. You're dismissed. You are listening to brothersoftheword.com. This was part four of the series titled Slipping into Darkness, subtitled Physical Health and Leisure by Nathaniel Bronner. This message is number 5997. That's 5997. To listen to thousands of free messages or to send this message number 5997 to a friend, go to brothersoftheword.com.
If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to help support this ministry, go to IWantToGive.com. That's IWantToGive.com. Listen to BrothersOfTheWord.com often because, brother, you need the word. Brothers of the Word.